friends, it's Amy Stockstill here, your 2018 Declare Conference MC. And I'm so glad you found your little way to the Declare podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, Declare is a ministry where women who are writers, speakers, and podcasters gather. Our team is dedicated to equipping, growing, and connecting you guys as Christian communicators. We do that through our annual conference, online webinars, and local meetups. The conference is right around the corners, you guys. It's going to be in Dallas, Texas, October 4th through the 6th. And the theme this year is Warrior. If you've ever felt attacked, frustrated, or even discouraged when you're just trying to live out your calling, you're not going to want to miss this year's conference. We're also excited to announce our brand new pre-conference option. You guys, these are specialty sessions just for you that are going to go a little deeper. Check out our new website at weardeclare.com. Everything you need to know is right there. Please grab your ticket today. I would love for you to come and find me and say hi at the conference. All right, I'm going to go ahead and work my MC magic and hand off this podcast to your host, Ann Watson. Really hope to see you in October. Hi, welcome back to the Declare Podcast. We are so excited that you're here. And if you are listening, I would love it if you would take a screenshot of your phone or if you're in your car while you're stopped, take a screenshot and post it. And then go ahead and tag at we are Declare and hashtag Declare Podcast and let me know that you're joining in. You never know if you're going to see your screenshot on our story. And of course, I want to hear more from you who listen in. So leave a comment, send me a message on Instagram, leave a review, whatever is easiest for you. We love your feedback. Also, if you aren't already, go ahead and follow us on Instagram and Pinterest because we design it with you in mind. Have you made plans to attend the conference yet? It's coming up soon. Check out the website for details on the pre-conference, all of our speakers and their sessions, how you can be a Declare affiliate, our new payment plan, and the next online equip webinar. Friends, there is so much that we're doing for you. It would take an entire episode just to list it. But believe me when I say that every single thing that we do is for you because we love you and we love what you're doing and we really want to support you. So check it out. In our last episode, I talked with Susan Ramsey of One Happy Studio and we broke down WordPress. I used to think WordPress was complicated, but after talking to Susan, I actually felt excited about it. I've been kind of messing around on it a little bit and I have actually had some fun and that's kind of a big deal for me because I'm not really a tech person, but I think everybody can be if you listen to this podcast. So that's episode number 84, add it to your queue. Before we get to our conversation today, I have a couple of VIPs to thank. Y'all, our sponsors are so important to us. In so many ways, they make what we do for you possible. So I wanna thank first, One Child Matters. One Child Matters is a child development ministry and they're helping meet the need of physical and spiritual needs of children who are living in poverty in 14 nations around the world. They have this development program and they're helping 40,000 children receive food, education, medical aid, and hope in Jesus Christ. Helping a child break out of poverty and reach their God-given potential and find new life in Jesus is done through adding one child sponsorship with ordinary people making an extraordinary impact. But this year, they're looking for a few like-minded influencers to travel with them overseas to see and experience the work that they're doing. The trip, which is 100% paid for by One Child Matters, will offer anybody who goes the opportunity to create purposeful and shareable content of the children, child champions, and the impact of hope, truth, life, love, and mercy in the most hopeless of places. If you are interested, there is an application that's on their website that you can find in the show notes, but you got to do it before October 15th to be considered for the spring 2019 trip. I also want to take a minute and thank our other sponsor, Encourage. Probably you have heard of Encourage, but if not, Encourage is a friendship-based website that's all about encouraging you. They are a division of Dayspring, and they were actually started, founded, by one of our 2018 speakers. But you're going to have to go check out their website to discover which one. I put a link in the show notes under sponsors. But I really want you to go check them out. They are just such a great community, and I hope that you will enjoy them as much as we do. But today, we are going to get started with episode number 85. I've got Heather McFadden with us. Heather is a former Declare host who is now hosting her own wildly successful podcast. You may know her as the God-centered mom, but you're soon going to know her as the woman who proclaims, don't mom alone. 
Heather has been hosting her podcast since podcasts became a thing. Today, we're going to dig into trends in podcasting and what she wishes she would have known. Knowing your goal, growing your podcast, what you shouldn't focus on, and some questions you need to ask yourself before you start a podcast. Podcasting has come a long way, baby, and there is no one better than Heather to learn from. Whether you listen to podcasts, host one, or you're thinking about hosting one, this is a can't-miss episode. So without any further ado, here is my conversation with Heather McFadden. Hey, Heather. Welcome back to the Declare Podcast. I am so excited that you're here. How are you? You know, I am all the things. I'm feeling all the things. I'm an Enneagram 4, so I don't I don't just feel good. I feel excited to be talking to you and sad and anxious, yeah. all the things. I feel every feeling. And in my four, I have to be authentic. I can't just say, fine. <laughs> right. No, exactly. In fact, well, I'm an Enneagram too, but four is my second number. So I get you. Oh, I get okay. you. Mm-hmm. We're real. Yes, we, we are. Anything but. And it has been a weird summer and it's been a rough week. But, you know, we are just kind of banding together, I think, our little community and loving on each other. And so I appreciate you just being real authentic about that. Well, I appreciate you taking on this podcast. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Okay. So for anybody out there who is tuning in for the first time, or this is the first time you've listened to Heather on the podcast, Heather was one of the original Declare team members. And she and I met in 2015. And funny story, I walked up to you, I think, and I said, oh my gosh, I love this podcast. You guys are doing so great. And you looked at me and said, that's awesome. Do you want to join the team so I can get out? (laughs) And I was like, how about you're hilarious? And you're like, no, I just really feel like I'm being called to spend more time on my podcast and my blog. And one thing led to another and I did join the team. Yes. And your family. It was a hard summer. My parents were living with me. My dad had just had surgery and found out it was cancer. And so I was like, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to be doing this. I'd already, he'd already told me to move it along. And when you showed up, I was thinking, oh my goodness, yes, I'm not leaving them empty handed. There was someone to fill my spot. And so that was, it was a relief for me. And then I had no idea all that was still coming for me as far as grief and hardship and hard things there definitely it was the right decision to obey God and stepping away which is sometimes the hardest uh it's sometimes easier just to keep doing the same that's true that's very true but I'm really glad that you passed the baton and (laughs) and grateful that you did that because I love this community like my life it's amazing and you're you're still part of the community in fact you're going to be a speaker at declare this year But we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. I just want to take a step back real quick in case there's somebody out there who has not yet heard of you. I would love for you just to tell us a little bit about yourself and your story and what you do. So I'm Heather McFadden. I am a mom to four boys, ages six to 12, almost 13. Oh, my words. That's a lot of boys. That's a lot of boys. And I have been writing online for a very long time. Started just talking about my family before there was Facebook and then moved into what God was doing in my heart. And that um, was the blog, God Center Mom, for about three years. And then I thought God was having me write a book, but instead um, he had me start a podcast. And that was almost five years ago. So I've been hosting a podcast called God Center Mom for those five years. Okay. That's it. We're going to talk about that podcast, but I first wanted to talk to you a little bit about, you know, your heart right now with your blog and your podcast is loving moms well. Like Mm -hmm. you say, or it says that you want to slay mom guilt. And I know enough to know that phrases like that and missions like that come from personal experience. So what's the story? Why are you passionate about that? For me, um, I was the type of person who always wanted to be a mom, got my master's in zero to three child education and, and speech pathology. And uh, then found it to be really challenging uh, that there were a lot of heart issues that I hadn't ever focused on related to pride and control and insecurities and fear. And they were all coming to the surface with kids and not just kids, but boys and not just one or two, but a lot. So as God was working on that in my heart and I was becoming more open about the challenges, I found other women too that were struggling. And I just wanted to point them back to the truth of God's word and not, it's not about getting it all right. And it's not about 
creating these perfect products, but it's about surrender and faithfulness and grace and do-overs. And I recently, a couple times, God's brought this verse to my attention that is from Matthew about Jesus looking at the crowds and how he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And I feel like a direction God's kind of taking me is to not just give Christian moms a pep talk, um, although we all do, we all need a pep talk and we all need a reminder of where truth is, but just in general, across the board in culture and life, women who are in this role need direction and need community and need someone to come alongside them, someone to, who's gone before them and to know that really, truly there is a God who's always with them. So kind of directing and redirecting the podcast to Don't Mom Alone, which uh, is where the new site has gone. Okay, so let's talk about that a little bit. Your shift from God-centered mom to don't mom alone. Like, where did that come from? So the God-centered mom originally was my struggle with pride and realizing I'd tried parenting from a place of being all about my kids and that failed and then being all about myself and when do I get my break and my mother's night out to then realizing God was truly, it was better when I put him in the center and didn't make it about me or my kids, but about what he had for me. And then I just never, it never set quite right if you ever hung out with me, because sometimes people would come up to me and say, are you the God-centered mom? And I didn't love that. I didn't love having that kind of put on me as an ideal. I don't feel like I hold up to. It was always a aspiration, not an arrived place. And then also, there's this weight to it that I think sometimes women would come and see that that was the title. Even if a friend had said, you should listen to this interview I heard or this conversation, and they'd see the title and be like, oh, it's a little intimidating, God-centered mom. So um, I can I see that. Yeah. So I haven't always loved it, even though um, it is about God and I honor him in that. There is like this barrier to entry for moms. And maybe that was God protecting me from it being coming too much or too great or whatever. I don't even know. But one of my listeners reached out to me and said, hey, we have this small group of women in our church and we started using your podcasts as our curriculum. So we listened to a podcast and then that week we'd discuss it. And it was like our own little book club, but less work because, you know, you can listen to a podcast while you're driving or you're folding laundry or you're even at your job. You can listen to a podcast and she started basically the idea of the podcast club. And when that happened, we just came up with the hashtag don't mom alone. Like it's better to, instead of us individually listening to listen and come alongside each other. Like my goal is not to create isolated people listening to the podcast, but communities who are coming together and also realized that a lot of the show guests I had were either mentors who've gone ahead or women who've had hard things and they're kind of coming alongside and saying, you're not alone in that. I've gone through, you know, troubled marriage or a child that, you know, has special needs or just any kind of situation that we walk through. And then about discipleship, just refocusing them, their attention on who God is and how we meet with him. And so um, those three areas of mentorship, friendship and discipleship all kind of went along with the Don't Mom Alone idea. And so it's been on my heart to kind of switch directions, but been hesitant because again, when something's working, it's easier just to keep that going than to take a step of faith and pivot. And so I'm pivoting. <laughs> we'll see when this goes live, what happens. I love it. Okay. And fail or if God is glorified and he does something with it, because that's all I can say. I do my part and let him do his part. Okay. So I have to just comment because Sometimes I feel like God is leading me to do something and I don't want to do it. And it's either like, I just don't trust myself to interpret God's voice, mm -hmm. you know, that he's really asking me to do that, or yeah. that maybe I'm just looking for an excuse to get out of something else. Like, yeah. so I don't always do it. But occasionally when I have this idea just continuing to come into my head, I finally am just like, oh, fine, Holy Spirit, off my back, I will do it, fine. And I yep. just feel like, like, what was the impetus for you to just be like, okay, fine. You know what? I'm going to pivot. Yeah. I think it was, um, usually it's listeners messages saying this changed my life or them starting to really embrace 
the don't mom alone, or I wouldn't have listened to this normally because I'm not a spiritual person, but so little things that were kind of feeding that. And then even just going to family camp this <laughs> two weeks ago and the theme for the whole week was never alone. Oh, Psalm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just kind of God saying, yeah, this is still from me. Even though you took the name God out of the title, the content is still the same and I can still work in people's hearts. You're not going to change your conversation, but maybe someone who would have normally picked that would come. I absolutely understand what you're saying because, you know, I didn't even start going to church until I was in my 30s. And so oh. if somebody had said to me, there's this outstanding podcast about being a great mom, it's called God-Centered Mom, I'd be like, no. Yeah, not for me. I would, not yeah, club. I would have deselected immediately just based on that even though I might have had 10 friends tell me it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Um, So I get what you're saying sometimes about the barrier. And that's not to say that people shouldn't have the word God in their titles. No, it was just, and I did for, I have for what, eight years, 10 years. (laughs) Right, right. And you're still Christ centered, but you're just kind of opening the door to more people who might need that resource. And I even struggled for years on the whole mom thing. Um, I think I posted about this recently that, I want to be a cool kid who ministers to all the hip gals, like (laughs) the young college girl and the, you know, just every age group and not this specific season. It feels like sometimes it's ranked as a not important ministry comparatively. Mm. And God just reinforced to me that that's a lie from the enemy and that there is a really tender time When motherhood comes upon us, whether we work outside the home or in the home, this isn't just for stay at home moms. This is just like that season is a really vulnerable one. And if a woman has never been open to God's sanctifying work in her previously, this might do it. (laughs) Like This is when you might get to your knees and be like, I need help. I I, I need desperate dependence. I truly cannot do this on my own. I've never done it. I don't have a role model. I don't want to mess up. There's a lot of pressures and whatever the motivator is, there's an openness that I think is really a really sweet time. And to be able to minister and again, have compassion on that woman uh, is a privilege instead of me thinking it's less than it's not. Oh, you're absolutely right. And I love that you said about having a role model, because I think sometimes we think we're not supposed to need one when we're moms. Mm -hmm. I mean, we talk about wanting mentorship in almost every other area of our life. But somehow when it comes to the momhood, you know, we are comparing ourselves against somebody else's good day and coming up short. But to be around people who are like, oh, no, today was really hard. And knowing that that's okay, I think just ultimately makes you a better mom. Yeah. Well, I want to pivot. We were talking about pivoting. Um, Pivot. Yeah, I can't stop. I think of friends. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. When they're carrying that sofa, we do that all the time around here. It's pretty funny. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, you actually started your podcast about five years ago or so, and you're coming to Declare this year to talk about starting a podcast. And I'm just curious because you started when I don't think podcasts had a whole lot of traction. They were kind of at the beginning of popularity. And I'm interested to know how you think podcasts have evolved, you know, what's different and just kind of what you still love about them. Yeah, I think, you know, there definitely are more than when I started. There are definitely more women hosts than when I started. And I don't know the numbers. Um, Back when Catley and I used to teach about podcasting, the numbers were so dramatic in that comparing a podcaster to a blogger. Um, she had this great analogy of being in this ginormous stadium and all the bloggers were in the stands and the two podcasters were playing tennis on the court below that it was just unbelievable how many that the ratio was so off. And I don't know what the ratio is now. It definitely seems more. Uh, but the trick then becomes a listener only has so many hours t- to listen. So what are they going to pick? And I think then the challenge becomes quality has to go up. Whereas before I could just record on my computer with no mic and not edit it and it would be fine Um, and just not worry about it being really super high quality. 
because it was so new and not that many options were out there. I think the trick even for me is, okay, how do I make this stand out? If everyone's just having conversations, what makes it unique then from something else? And I think the longevity piece, the fact that I've been around a long time means that there's loyalty. You're in someone's earbuds an hour a week. They might not talk to their mom that much and they feel like you're their friend. So they don't want to miss out on a conversation with you because you're tight. That personality is going to be the loyal person. So to capture a new audience, I I think it's a little bit trickier to enter the market now. So I think what I see is people who already have an established platform, maybe they have a YouTube channel or a really successful blog or a book, they're starting podcasts. And because they already have the platform, their show is gaining popularity faster. So it doesn't mean that you can't start a new podcast if you don't have a big platform outside of podcasting. It just means you need to think about what problem am I solving? What am I already good at? Don't try to copycat someone else, but think through what's a need that I see out there that I would want to listen to and create that thing because there's still plenty of room. It's not like we're maxed out. And it's not like there's there's a ton of shows that you could take the place of for someone. Um, I always think of new ideas of shows. There's still plenty of room. So don't be discouraged. Well, that's already done. So my turn is over. I think you could still fill a need, just like people are constantly writing new books. It's not like, well, we have a book written on everything. So no need to write any more books. Right. Um, so just to encourage people that it doesn't mean you can't start a new podcast. And I think kind of along those same lines, you know, there's some podcasts that I have tried listening to, but I just, I just don't connect with the host or something or their style. It's a person. Yeah, it's just a person. So exactly. Personalities are going to match and not match. Exactly. And so that is why I think every voice is needed in podcasting. Like if you really feel the Lord is leading you to start a podcast, then you cannot get mired down thinking that the market is saturated because there yep. are people out there that are going to resonate with your voice, your style, your approach. And that's what is going to make your podcast successful. So I'm mm-hmm. just curious, what do you wish that you would have known when you first started podcasting? Hmm. What I wish, I think that some of the ones that get started now, they just feel really polished, like figured out, like they have seasons and they're, they're really narrow on their focus. And part of me thought, well, yeah, that'd be easy now if I was starting off and I could just stand on the shoulders of the work that was already done. But at the same time, I'm like, well, I could always do that now. Like, <laughs> I can well, always. Well, that's true. I can't fault them that they did that well or that they're, um, it's all polished up. So, I, yeah, I don't know. But you were a pioneer. I mean, you were like leading the charge. Well, unintentionally. That's an important yeah. role unintentionally, but it's, I don't know what I would have known. I think one piece, like I said, I started off and I didn't have all the fancy equipment and my husband's cousin, he doesn't use any editing or intro music. He just records straight onto QuickTime and uploads it to Podbean. It doesn't have to be fancy and equipment. Like don't let all that startup stuff, which is the hardest part of podcasting is just getting it set up. Simplify that to the place where you'll actually do it. That's my tip. And record, just record whatever. Invite a friend over an interviewer or whatever your theme is or you're going to talk about if it's going to be a one-person show. Whatever you've decided your direction is, just start recording stuff. You don't have to ever publish it. But if you don't just start, you'll never know. Like, you'll never know if you like it. You don't have to do it. But if you, you might love it. And you might not (laughs) right test it take it out out for a spin and have like a good solid five episodes ready before you launch it maybe 10 episodes ready before you launch it so that you aren't feeling that stress of i have to get another episode out i think itunes if i don't know what your goal is too like if your goal is to get high on itunes they do reward uh those shows that put out content regularly But I've also seen shows that haven't had anything published on them for years stay high. Hmm, So interesting. If the content is relevant and people are listening to it and downloading it regularly, it could be evergreen and you do nothing. So then in your opinion, what are some trends that you're seeing that you really like that, you know, you're enjoying that you feel like audiences are enjoying? 
Well, I think there's such a variety, just like television and movies, there's such a variety of options. Um, people are being really creative in what they do. There are some that are doing daily things. Uh, Lisa Whittle released her like just five minutes every day. That to me seems like a lot of work, but it works for her. You have to think of your audience. What are they needing? A mom-directed audience may not have time to have two or three hour-long shows a week, and then they'll get behind, and then they'll stop listening. I've had moms come up to me, and they're like, oh, I'm just really behind on your show. I'm, I don't really care if you're behind. You know, like, I'm not keeping track if you're on listening right. to every episode. <laughs> like, don't put that pressure on yourself. Just when you think as a podcaster, well, I've got to get the next show out. I don't have the next show out. They may be fine if you skip. They might be okay. Um, but as far as ones that people like, I think what happened in podcast world is Serial, that podcast came out and it was where they had a real life crime and they went back and re went over the case. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't. Serial? Yeah. It was like a really popular podcast to the point where people who'd never listened to a podcast took the time and the effort to figure out how to. They thought, I'm hearing everyone talk about Serial. I want to make sure I can listen to it too and be part of this cool new trend how do I get a podcast? And then they find out there's an app on their iPhone or their Stitcher on a Droid and they can just search and And, and it couldn't play. be easier. Exactly. Couldn't be easier. But when you don't know and you've never done it, it is this barrier to entry for people and they feel embarrassed for asking. So if you're listening, you've never listened to a podcast. Actually, you're listening to one right now. So you yes, figure, you're listening to one right now. Exactly. I'm not going to give any advice for that. I've been hosting this one for a little over a year and a half, and um, I was talking with my aunt on the phone, who's in her mid-70s today, and I said, well, I've got to go because I'm recording a podcast, and she said, you're doing what now? <laughs> and uh, I had to explain it to her, and then I had to show her where on her phone, you know, that she could yeah. look at them, and she said to me, okay, so here's your challenge. I'm giving you a challenge. Figure out how people in their 70s can find out about this and enjoy it. And I said, well, why don't you figure out what you need to hear and then let me know and I'll do it. <laughs> exactly. There were studies out, oh man, maybe it was three years ago that talked about the demographic of who listens to podcasts. And it did tend to be the higher socioeconomic status and the higher educated. So I'm thinking one, those that have iPhones or, but I feel like more people do now, even 10 year olds have like the X or something. Uh, more people have them. and the key is, are you wanting to learn more about something? Now, there are junk throwaway podcasts that are just silly, chatty, laugh a lot kind of podcasts. There's the true crimes kind of podcast. There's the educational ones where you're wanting to grow in your business knowledge or whatever it is. And the parenting and the religious, like there are so many categories available. But I did find it interesting that that demographic were the majority, meaning there's still tons of room to grow. The most of the world is not listening to podcasts. Oh, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think that the statistics are growing, but that there's still such a great need out there, I guess, for them. And you can search anything. I've been recently obsessed with the Enneagram. So I just yep. got on there and I searched Enneagram 2 and like five or six podcast episodes came up that I could listen to. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's almost like a search engine. Yeah, Totally. You can search by person. You can search by topic. Yeah. So, and that's what makes it so great. Plus, you can listen to a podcast while you're working out, while you're vacuuming, while you're folding laundry, while you're whatever. Mm -hmm. Like podcasts are portable and they're free. Okay. Obviously, you and I are both sold on podcasts. <laughs> the person listening is like, yeah, I know I'm listening to one. Right. Like, okay, come on. But why do I care? All right. But no, I just, I think podcasts are so great. And I think that you're right about the trends because there's different types of podcasts. One of the podcasts that I listened to recently that it was so much fun was called 36 Questions. And it was a podcast musical. And it was three different, you know, episodes, I guess. Each one was about an hour long. And it was a musical. And it actually starred Jonathan Groff, who is in Hamilton on Broadway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like, that was so much we'll fun. Be back soon. Yes. See. Yes. He's the King George. Yes. So yeah, I'm obsessed with Hamilton, but we'll sing that now too. 
will be a musical podcast. Already? No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, wait, we got to get Melanie Dale in here too, because oh, she's also right. obsessed with Hamilton. And so we all need to do it. I think we should like do something at Declare. Our two kittens, our new kittens are Hamilton and Burr. No. Yep. Oh true. my gosh. If I didn't already love you to pieces. Well, you know, come on over. You can cuddle Hamilton and Burr. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to? That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that's very inventive. This is the thing. Think outside the box. It doesn't have to be a straight interview. I think that's the key. That's where the next trend is. Think outside the box. Okay, so here's, though, my next question for you. And this is something that I have been trying to figure out, and I can't find a clear answer. But that is, how do you measure how your podcast is doing? Well, I mean, what are your goals on doing? I think for some people, one way people are using it creatively is launching books doing episodes leading up to the book launch that are growing a community that then wants to buy the book. So then it's doing well if you sell a lot of books. If it's numbers, you just want straight downloads. Like I want so many downloads a month so I can start getting a sponsor. Let's say it's a thousand. I want a thousand downloads a month so that I can get a sponsor. Then you just look at Lipson or whatever host you're using And they pull from how many times someone's downloaded your episodes. So you can see how many you have. And then you connect with the sponsor and say, I've had this many. And there's this thing called CPM, which is cost per mill, which for podcasts, you can charge between $18 to $20 per thousand downloads. So if you had a thousand downloads, then you could say, hey, would you like to sponsor my show for $20? You can have a 60 second ad before the interview or in the middle of the interview or after the interview, you have different rates for the position in the show. Hmm, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So then where do you find sponsors? How do you get them to work with you? So you think about your community, depending on if you're a social media podcast or you're um, a podcast about podcasting or you're a mom podcast or a religious podcast, you think about your topic, you think about your community, you think about what resources they would be interested in. You think about what you already use and you reach out to those companies and say, I have this podcast, it has this listenership. Here's a media kit, which you could Google um, how to create your own media kit, like a one page that has your reach on social media. It has your download numbers. It has your demographics. It has your target type of sponsor and past sponsors, if you have any, and you send that to them and then you offer You know, I have options for this episode on this date. I like to sell sponsorships by month. Um, Just makes it easier for me. And then you can offer them additional things, such as links in the show notes for that month or sidebar ads, uh, mentions on social media. And then they get that package and you pitch it to them and then they can say yes or no. I think when you're smaller-ish, um, $20 an episode to like $400 an episode, then you can get the mom and pop type sponsors or maybe the type of products that are give back products, shoes, or I don't know, something where it's like a ministry where they don't have a ton of money to give towards advertising, but you have a small enough, loyal enough community that it would actually benefit them per dollar that they're spending Um, Then you can sometimes grow too big where the mom and pop and smaller can't afford the sponsorship. So then you're in this space where there are actually companies that you can hire out your advertising and they they pitch to you different options and then they put it into your show for you and you get a percentage. You aren't going to get the full. So that kind of simplifies it for you. So you're not having to find the sponsors. You get a little less control, a little less of a match necessarily with what your audience is, but you can also pick and choose. If you don't want to sell a laser hair removal, you don't have to. Right, right. Yeah, there's different options, but you can always go to your download numbers on your host to find out how many downloads are happening. And, you know, when I first started, I was thrilled when 50 people listened. To me, I'm like 50 people chose time out of their day to download the show. That to me was success. Yeah, that's so a lot. So I think you can decide like how, when you say it doing well, it just depends on what your goals are and the purpose of the show and whether it's ministry or business or hobby. Okay, so 
say you're new. I mean, we just talked about getting sponsors and a thousand downloads a month, you know, to get a sponsor. What if you're brand new? What if you're just starting out and you want to just get listeners? What do you recommend for putting out a podcast for the first time and then beginning to grow it? I think that to get a listener, create something you would want to listen to, you know? Mm, Yeah. And solve a problem for people. So they're dedicating their time, a resource that they are is limited for them. It may not cost them money, but time is getting to the points where that's really valuable, is valuable. And if you don't capture their harder attention from the get-go with those first few, it might be hard to win them back later. Right. You don't need to change to attract people. But if you're practicing episodes and you sent, have a couple of your friends or someone you trust and say, really, give me feedback would you listen to this? Do you enjoy this? What would, could I change? I would spend the time up front doing that so that when you launch, it's something that you're proud of, that you would want to share, that's valuable. Because the key I found, the only reason I think, I mean, there's time, the time element with my show, but it meets a need, it fixes something for them, and they share that. Whenever I have an episode from a guest who's really, truly helpful in solving something for someone, that mom then tells her friend, you have to listen to this show. It's the organic sharing. Exactly. So if you're not solving a problem for someone and you're not engaging or helpful, then it's not it's not worth their time and they're definitely not going to share it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So really what we're saying then is really think about what kind of podcast would you want to listen to? How long would yeah. you want to listen? Do you want it to be interview style? Like what would get you to listen And then you decide, you know, who your audience is and what your goals are, what problem you're going to solve, and then get some content ready before you launch and and get feedback from your friends and family and then just hit go. Yeah. Sounds so easy. There you go. (laughs) Not what I did at all. Yeah. And, you know, I stepped into this podcast. It was already established. So it's not how I did it either. But I see how the formula works. Like the reason we started it was we knew people would have breakout options. And instead of just showing them a tiny paragraph, this is what their session is going to be about. We thought, let's have a podcast where we let the attendees of the conference get to know the speakers ahead of time so that when it comes to picking and choosing, they're more satisfied with their choice because they've already listened to the person ahead of time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They've gotten to know them a little bit. They've gotten to know them. So they're not just picking from a paragraph. They're picking the person that matches their needs better. And not just from popularity. Like I know that person because their book or whatever. Um, So that it's a level playing field for all the speakers to get access to the attendees coming to their session. Yeah, absolutely. And we love to, you know, interview our speakers that are coming on this show and not just because we are hoping to get more information out there about the sessions, but we genuinely love these people that we have asked. And we really think that they're bringing some stellar content and insider information to our community. So, I mean, what started off as we want to get a little more information out there has just, I feel like, become even the podcast is a tool to equip women. Mm hmm. It's become its own source. Yeah. And that totally speaks to the fact that podcasts can evolve. Like yours going from God-centered mom to don't mom alone. And And your direction might shift. You might see, no, I really enjoy this better. Or uh, mine's changed a lot over time. And that's totally cool. Just follow him. If he's leading you there, he's going to take care of it. Yeah. And it might be that it's the means to something totally different outside of podcasting. That's okay, too. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit more about growth. We hit on it just a little bit on, you know, are you solving a problem and is somebody going to share it organically? But because of the platforms that have the podcast that you listen from, they have these algorithms. And so when you are searching for a podcast, the likelihood that yours will show up actually has something to do with the reviews that are left on the podcast. And yet... When people are mobile, right, they're driving and listening to a podcast or they're grocery shopping or whatever they're doing, they don't always remember to go back and leave a review. So what advice do you have? I think that people are, I think that's a false narrative about the reviews impacting it. Really? Yeah. I have not seen a correlation with that. In fact, I stopped asking people to leave reviews because I didn't see any impact on that. And it just felt like a begging And 
It didn't do anything. It didn't change anything. I've seen shows that are at the top. They only have like five reviews. I mean, it doesn't directly correspond. I think it's the number of downloads, variety, shared. I think they're looking at a lot of things that are beyond just numbers, like number of downloads, more about the breadth of how far reaching is this, like across the board, the variety, and then the consistency of every week. And then um, like listening to more than just the most recent one. So people listen to a variety of episodes, variety of people, variety of episodes, and that they're sharing that's happening. I think that those all play into it more than, than the reviews necessarily. Well, that's really interesting. And I feel like that's really freeing. Uh, but it's, yeah, it seems to me to go a little bit against how we tell people, you know, to get their message out, you know, it's, it's engagement, we want people to respond, you want people to give you feedback. And so in this particular arena, maybe that's not as necessary as just really putting out good quality content and having people share that. I believe in that. It makes total sense. Make it good. And then people will do all that for you. And whether you're ranked on the iTunes or not doesn't really matter if your goal, whatever that is, is happening on the back end. Okay. Well, that's really great. I love it. I, you know, I wish that more areas of the writing speaking world just did not require you to have people leave you feedback. <laughs> like on Amazon, people are always like, go leave reviews on Amazon. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And even publishers these days are wanting to know that you have this strong following that engages often. And you mm-hmm. might have the most amazing idea and some really great content. But if you're missing that one piece, then it's going to be a whole lot harder for you to get published, which would be such a gift if that no longer played into it. If they looked at those kinds of things, like they look at podcasts. I love it. Yeah. I know that a lot of that's necessary and it's not bad. But I think if you are putting out really great writing that truly is helping solve a problem, not just like talking about stuff, but really truly solving a problem. I do think people talk about it. And I do think the engagement goes up and I do think the following goes up. But when we're all like navel gazing and like, just re-saying what everybody else is saying and being copycats of everybody, then the average Joe out there is like, what's, what is actually helping me? Not just like looking around at each other as bloggers or writers or speakers or podcasters, but having compassion on that helpless person who's just needing what we have and how we're able to communicate the answer for the need that they have. To use our skills of communication to point them to that solution those are the people that I've seen kind of rise to the top is if we're going to talk about just like popularity and numbers as that they're doing that well. They're doing that in a streamlined way that's accessible. And it goes back to motivation. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, what problem clear. can you solve? Why are you qualified to do this? Who are you serving? And that yep. those things are paramount to any number, regardless of your platform. And I think God's really good and gracious to not let that influence grow beyond where we could take it, like where we can handle it. Such a good point. If we're not in a space or a time or emotionally, and he sees our actual core heart desire is not pure, which because uh, most of us, it's not hundred percent pure. He's so gracious to not put us out there in a place where we will crash and burn and be wounded. And it's not all great. It's not all easy. Out it there. never is. It never no. is. But I I agree with you. I do think that he's gracious and in that way. And if anybody's out there feeling a little frustrated that they're not growing or getting the shares or whatever that they want, either wait on God because he's doing something or go ahead and ask yourself again, what is your why? Who are you serving? What problem are you solving? Yep. Mm -hmm. I love that, Heather. I feel like that makes it so much easier than it appears to be when you're looking at podcasting articles or research and that kind of stuff. I think I'm not a big fan of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I just feel like that just (laughs) broke it down and made it like, listen, it's about your heart, your gift of communication and people that are out there that you're trying to help. Exactly. So, so good. Well, okay. We're going to talk a whole lot more about podcasting when you come to declare that you are doing a session about it. And I know Mm -hmm. that you have just got so much fantastic wisdom that, Anybody who's thinking about starting a podcast or already has one, 
or anybody that has a friend that's hosting one, like this is going to be a session for everybody. Yay. I have to laugh (laughs) because a couple of years ago, I was a speaker at a conference and they paired me up with a roommate who was giving a talk on why you should start a podcast. And I did not have any desire, interest, knowledge of podcasting at all. But I went to that session because I wanted to support my new friend. And she's a really good speaker. And I'm a note taker by nature. So I took a whole bunch of notes. And afterward, I told her, you know, oh, that was so great. I mean, I'm never going to use this information. But you know, really cheering you on. Great way to go. And then it's just so funny to me how God works that a year later, I would become the podcast host for Declare. (laughs) He knew. He did. He did. You never know. You never know. I just think that's such a fun thing. So, okay. What I want to ask you now is about the conference this year. Our theme is warrior. And I feel like this is an area that is tender for you because you have been warring. You mentioned at the beginning, you know, for a couple of years here with some stuff. But basically, it's just this idea that whenever you are doing something for God, for his glory or serving his people, then there will come attacks on you, on your family, Mm -hmm. on your physical health, on your insecurity, whatever that is. And the team last year, right before Declare, like a month or so before Declare, was just everybody was kind of under attack. And it was really hard. And we all of a sudden realized, like all in the same day, wait a minute, we know what this is. And we're not going to let it happen. Like it's kind of our not today, Satan, not tomorrow either. And we decided that, you know, we are warriors, part of God's army, but we also recognize there's all different kinds of warriors. There's rest warriors, prayer warriors, there's, you know, speaking warriors, whatever it is. And so I like to ask everybody that's coming on the show, what does being a warrior mean to you? What did I say? That was really good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you wrote out, you said, you set in, you know, your thoughts on being a warrior and you said that it's a willing soul ready to go into battle for what matters. Yeah. I think we're never guaranteed easy. I'm not guaranteed this life that's so comfortable and convenient and controlled. So if I'm not guaranteed that, it might as well be someone who's willing to step up and join God side by side. I kind of think of that old Bible study, Experiencing God by Blackaby, Mm -hmm. that we're looking where he's working and we're joining him. And as a part of that, that's engaging us into a battle we can't see, a spiritual battle. And so the key there is, even though my circumstances might be increasingly hard or people around me um, get hurt or there's distractions and heartaches, that I know the truth that that battle ends in victory. It's already happened, actually, in God being outside of time. Victory's already happened. So it's not based on me doing it well or me figuring out exactly how to fight or what to do exactly right, but to lean on God and trust that ultimately I'm in the battle with him. I'm by his side. He's already claimed the victory. So I need to trust his tools in fighting and that's that whole be still and know is actually uh, cease striving in my own efforts to fight and know that God is winning. But it, it can't be this sit down, okay, I'm not going to do anything position. Right. Like it's not an extreme. No. And even, you know, having talked to Jan Greenwood before about how God called her to pray, it's not just a, that that's still doing something. We think that that's always the last resort. And that's like the front lines of warring is prayer. And um, I think in those seasons when life circumstances get really hard and we know the enemy is pressing his thumb down a little bit more in our direction, that that might also be, we always want to blame the enemy. It could also be God graciously growing something in us that we'll need later. Um, A strengthening of plants, root systems from one storm helps them withstand the next storm. So I think we have to, in those moments, in those battles or hard things, allow God to grow it in us, allow us to turn to him and not be so mad at the circumstances and talk about the enemy so much that we don't embolden our faith and lean on God and his word and draw in community around us. Um, I always think of going to Africa and we watched this lion sitting in the bushes while there was a whole herd of zebras 
And we were reading about how when the zebra gets off on its own, that's when the lion attacks because the lines on the zebra keep the lion from being able to see what the head or the the butt is of the zebra. And they're only willing to attack when they can clearly define the back end of a zebra. (laughs) Don't be a zebra butt. Stay in community. (laughs) Don't be a Um, zebra butt. (laughs) Next shirt. Next shirt. Yeah, that, that's got to be a t-shirt. I love it. But when I'm in those scenes, sometimes I want to isolate and go through the hard thing. But it's drawing people around me that can pray on my behalf if I don't have the words and who can remind me of the goal. Because when I want to quit and say it's too much, why am I putting my family in this position? What is the point of all this that they can remind me of? Remember how what you're doing minister to this person or how it helps in this way. And it's not about your comfort again. It's, it's about what the bigger purpose of why we're here on earth to spread the good news. So those are my tips. I just rambled. Sorry. No, I think that's great. And, you know, I think that it's an important note that you could be going through something because it is an attack of the enemy, or it's a growth opportunity from the Lord. But either way, you want to be a warrior by pressing on, not giving up fighting the good fight. Yep. And sometimes warriors let other people hold their arms up and sometimes warriors trust in things so that are right. their own strength. You're so right. That's so beautiful. Well, Heather, I am just so excited for, you know, more that you're going to bring to us at the conference and getting to hug you tight in October. And I'm just so grateful that you took time out of your busy day to come record a podcast with me because I know, you know, you're busy with your own as well. And it's just such a gift that you came on the show today. And so thank you so much. You're a great host, Anne. Great job. Thanks for having me. Thanks. All right. I love you so much, friend, and I will see you soon. I don't know about you, but as a podcast host, I just learned a lot, including things I didn't know before. I mean, don't you just love her wisdom? If you want to connect with Heather or if you do not want to mom alone, then go click on the links in our show notes to her website and follow her on social media. She'll love it. You'll love it. It's a win-win. Did you love this episode or even another one? Let us know. Mention your favorites when you leave a review for the podcast on iTunes. And while you're there, subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a new episode. They come out once every two weeks. You don't want to miss them. Don't forget to get your tickets for the Declare Conference. They're available now, but only for a little while longer because we are coming up fast on our conference date and we cannot wait for that. We want you to be there. So go ahead and get your ticket today. I've got all the links we mentioned on the show in the show notes. A huge thank you again to One Child Matters and Encourage for sponsoring. Find out more about them and their missions and how you can be involved on their websites. We always hope that every episode of the Declare podcast inspires and encourages you. Thank you so much for always listening, and we'll see you next time on the Declare podcast.